All right, so here we are, as promised, episode one of Mads Tad's podcast, Beyond the Bike. Earlier this week, I sent out an email that was like, I'm going to do this thing. I got to be honest, y'all, I have no idea what I'm doing. I am calling on all my friends, my Sherpas, my gurus, my business team, my <laughs> everybody, riders, everybody I can think of to possibly help me go towards these next goals that I want to go to. So for so long, I've been going back and forth about audio, video, what do I do? How do I level up? And I think the thing that made the most sense and what I kept hearing over and over again was do a podcast, do a podcast, do a podcast. Makes total sense, right? I feel like the number one complaint I get from anybody across any field is I don't have enough time. So it's like, how can I capitalize on your time, my time, and get into your world beyond the Soul Cycle Studio, beyond the bike, you know? So here it is. Everyone always asks me, how did I become a Soul Cycle instructor? How did you do it, Mads? How did it all happen? What did you do pre-soul? All that stuff. And so I'm going to tell you the Judy Bloom story, not the Jane Austen novel, Judy Bloom, as best as I can remember it, um, to my ability. <laughs> because it is a long, windy, wild road of soul cycle. So I feel like step one, I got to tell you, my first soul cycle ride ever in the books um, was in 2015, 2014. I don't know. I was like four or five years ago. Um, it was for a private ride. So a private charity ride in Malibu, California. If you guys know anything about what I've done in the past with charities, things like that, I used to be a part of this huge charity out in California called Life Rolls On where we surf with kids and adults with any kind of disability, specifically spinal cord injuries. So I was super big into that. I love that. I was part of that organization the entire time I was out there. Actually, when I was leaving California, you know, when everything started to get rolling, said and done, that was one of like my biggest, how am I going to leave my, my kids behind and this charity behind? That was like a huge pull for me to staying in California. So we're at the Malibu studio. It's September 13th. And I remember because September 13th is my birthday. So I did my first soul cycle ride on my birthday. And I remember Kim nonstop was teaching. Um, you can actually look her up. It's KYM nonstop. I think that's still her handle. Um, she's just this badass. She's like ripped. She's so cool. She's got tattoos. She had like platinum blonde hair and, and, and the class was amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I remember we went home to this remix of Magic's uh, Rude. You know the one that's like, Can I have your daughter for the rest of my life? Sing. You know that one? We run home to that. They come in. They bring me a cupcake. And I start crying. And it's like, oh my God, this is Soul Cycle. And I never really thought about it after that. I kind of went on and did my own thing. And I was working in entertainment for a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different jobs, which we are going to talk so much about on further episodes down the road. My whole life pre-Soul Cycle. I feel like I've lived like nine lives um, up until Soul Cycle. But I didn't really think about it until a few years later, you know, I was at my job. I was working in advertising. So I, I somehow made the transition from entertainment into advertising, digital marketing, all that good stuff. And I just wasn't loving it. And um, so I interviewed to be a studio manager in West Hollywood. 
and I went on all these interviews and it was like six interviews. Totally thought I had the job. I shadowed a whole day at the Beverly Hills studio and I didn't get the job. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, I really thought I was going to get this. And so I was like, fine, uh, okay, I guess I got to take another advertising job. And I went and worked for a company called Ignition Interactive at the time. Have no idea if they're still around. Really hope they are. It was really cool. We got to work on some awesome stuff there. And, um, you know, I worked there for about like five to six months and I got let go. I worked a whole day on a Monday and I remember I got called into the HR office at like 6 p.m. on a Monday and I was like, what? And my gut was like, oh shit, I got a bad feeling about this. And sure enough, I walk in and like my supervisor's sitting there and the HR sitting there and I was like, you guys waited all day to let me go. You made me work a whole day on a Monday till 6 p.m. to tell me uh, my ass is getting canned. And it was the kind of place where you walk over to your desk and the whole thing is like locked down. And of course you're trying not to cry because it's like so awkward and it's so upsetting and you like can't say goodbye to anybody because they're like escorting you out of the building. It's literally the most humiliating, like shitty feeling ever. Um, if you want to talk about low lows, what I call bathroom floor moments, um, which I actually think are essential to your growth because had I not had that kind of feeling ever happen to me, then I wouldn't be all that I am. So as awful as they are, they're also so essential to who you become. So, you know, I was like really down and out. I, I just felt like I was just failing in LA, like failing on all levels. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to live here? I'm going to run out of money. My parents are pressuring me, you know, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I go on the job boards and I see, uh, a management position, ASM in Boston. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to work for SoulCycle so bad. My family's in Rhode Island where I grew up. Like, what if this is the, what if this is it? And so I apply for the job and I get an email back immediately that says, hey, uh, we actually no longer have the ASM position left in Boston. However, we have one available in California. West Hollywood. Do you want to come in for some more interviews and try for LA? Of course I said yes. I was like, all right, well, we're not going to Boston, which is kind of funny in hindsight because that's where I ended up. Um, so I go in and I remember I was sitting outside the montage in Beverly Hills with Blake and Caitlin who definitely still work for the company and they were interviewing me and I remember sitting there and I was like this is it like I am definitely going to get it this time and I got hired and so I became an ASM in training in West Hollywood studio which is literally like the epicenter of all like celebrity awesomeness in LA like I had gone to Equinox West Hollywood um, for a while while I was there and like had so many opportunities there like literally it's just like the who's who goes to Equinox West Hollywood and of course Soul Cycle West Hollywood you've seen the tabloids you've seen like Beyonce and Charlize Theron and like you name it they're going to that studio so it was always crazy and wild at that studio I learned so much and um, it, I just couldn't have asked for like a better opportunity or a better place to land after going through you know all the cycles and not knowing where I was going to end up with soul and with, you know, jobs. It was just, it was such a, it was such a relief moment for me. I was so happy. 
um, first level of achievement. And then, of course, I just got completely immersed into the soul cycle community and all that it is. Like we, you know, like Maddie, I bled yellow. <laughs> um, so I was working at West Hollywood. I was riding with everyone, anyone I could. I mean, I rode with Angela and David and Pixie and Edward and Tina. And I literally rode with every single instructor I could in California. Like that was my goal was to ride with every instructor in Southern California at one point. I was a little crazy, but I was like, I would love to experience all of it. Like I want to be fully immersed in this company. So, um, I'll never forget my first time riding podium. I was, uh, I was manager and my friend now and confidant Danielle McCleary was pregnant actually. And she wasn't feeling that well. And she looked at me and she's like, I need someone to ride my podium. And I think that you can do it. And I was like, really? Cause like, I'm not that sure. And I remember we get in the room and you know, Danielle introduced me. I think it was like a later night class at seven 30 on like a Wednesday, something like that. And, um, she looks at me and she's like, you know how to do a waltz, right? And I was like, oh, nope. And she's like, you go learn today. And from there, I just started riding for everyone that I could. Anytime anybody needed what I call a quote unquote podium pony, I was there for it. Like I was there for it. So Christmas rolls around. We have this thing at SoulCycle where you can write on a little, you know, those paper circle things where you can make a wish and we would make these big giant like I don't know it's like called they're like little paper chain things like a paper chain and we would drape them all around the studio and it would be everybody would make a wish and then we put them on the wish my wish was to ride podium for Angela Davis um and I was like I don't know if that'll ever happen blah blah it's very specific uh she has very certain people ride for her and then the time came where someone didn't show up one morning to ride Angela's podium and Angela looked at me and she was like, you're up. And that was another moment that kind of pivoted my path a little bit because I started to ride consecutively for Angela and everyone. Like I was always riding podium at any chance I could. Crago, Pixie, David, and Angela were among the many that I rode for and it was, it was wild. So I kept hearing, you know, oh my God, like you should try to be an instructor, blah, blah, blah. And I always shook it off. And I was like, that's just like not where I am right now. I just love to ride. And I loved being up there and being animated and screaming and calling people out. And I knew everybody because I was a manager at the studio. So it was very comfortable and fun for me. Like I was just like, this is awesome. And I got moved to open the Culver City Studio. So the Culver City Studio in LA is the West Coast headquarters. It is beautiful. It is pristine. It has a beautiful outdoor patio. It is a gorgeous space. It was such an honor to get picked to open that studio. And I opened that studio with my friends Hunter and Cassie, who are no longer with the company, but literally were such catalysts for me auditioning for SoulCycle. Like prior to soul cycle I had never had a team of people around me that genuinely championed each other and wanted to see you succeed to this day I think they wanted me to make the instructor program more than anything and that was the coolest thing and I remember when I applied I was super nervous you know I hit send you have to like you know send your headshot and your resume and all the things and I remember I got the email back and I wouldn't open it. I made Hunter and Cassie open it and they started screaming and I started screaming. And I just remember we all like ran over to like the middle of 
you know, the Culver City studio is like this big long studio and we were working, it was like off hours and there were these beanbag chairs and we like jumped on them and I was just like, oh my God, my life is about to change drastically. And, um, and that was, that was the beginning of a really awesome journey. Um, I went to soul cycle training. I had like nine days, like, oh, I want to say nine days, nine days is in my head. That might be completely wrong, but I had like nine days to get to New York and get to instructor training. So there I was, I guess I was, this was 2016. So this was like three going on four years ago. Yeah. I've been teaching for about, it'll be like four years. I went into training this coming April. You know, I was around 26 years old. I moved my furniture to the curb. I shipped all my stuff back home. I essentially moved back home in with my parents to chase this wild dream. And so many people were like, you are so crazy. Like you're leaving LA, you're going to do this thing. But I just, I felt so passionately about it. I was not going to let anything stop me. I was like, I don't care where I go. I don't care where they place me. I want to be a soul cycle instructor. I move all my stuff home with my parents and I go to training in New York. And that in itself is like a whole process. Like it is a process. And you meet some of the best friends you'll ever have in life. Um, it's almost like going to sleepaway camp or something. The people in your training group become, you know, your biggest confidants and cheerleaders. And you go through like a lot of stuff together. And you uncover a lot of stuff together. It's just like a very interesting process of like, I mean, looking back of like personal development um, and really just massive growth and radical change in your life and just like, you know, pulling yourself apart and putting it back together and really like digging deep into all the things that make you you and why you are the way you are. It's just like the coolest most awesome thing and New York in itself New York soul cycle I mean like it is so it's just cool I mean there's a studio on in all the different neighborhoods you have all the different instructors the people that have been training for 10 10 years or more like Janet and Mel and like all the people that you know of if you ride in New York if you're in outer markets and you're listening definitely look them up definitely find them when you go there there's nothing better than riding in the original place where it all started it's just, it's, it's just really magical. Um, yeah, so I went into training and I passed, which in itself is amazing. Um, and they asked me, they said, Maddie, okay, we got some options for you. You can go to Houston, you can go to Philly, or you can go to Boston. And I was so torn. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm basically rewriting my story here because previous to this, I, you know, went to college in Nashville and then I was in LA for the last six years. Uh, where am I going to go? And I almost went to Houston because I love the South. And I called my dad and my dad was like, listen, if you hate Houston, you have nobody there. If you hate Boston, at least you have friends and family here who you can lean on, find support in. Like you won't be completely starting new with like nowhere to go, nowhere to talk to, nowhere to live, nothing. And I was like... You're right. Better the devil I know than the devil I don't know. So from there, moved to Boston, start teaching Soul Cycle. Remember, my first class was like September 2016, yeah, 17, 18, yeah. And just that was it. <laughs> 
you get baptized by fire, you get like thrown in, you just start teaching. And I taught a lot of classes. Um, I've taught anywhere from like 12 to, I remember at one point I was teaching, we were in like a very instructor deficit in Boston. I was teaching like 20 a week. Um, and the rest is kind of like, you know, you want to say the rest is history, but it's always growing and always, um, I don't even know. It's, it's just this thing that I've created now. It's so much, I was just answering a, a, uh, interview. Why can't I say the word? <laughs> I was just answering an interview and someone was like, what is soul cycle to you? And I was like, it's like my lifeblood. It is my past, it is my present, and it will always be a part of who I am. And wherever this journey takes me beyond the bike, it's always gonna be, it's always gonna be a part of me. It's such a huge part of my story of how I ended up back on the East Coast, like how I am who I am, how I built my Instagram, how I built my brand. Like it is my lifeblood. Um, and I'm just so grateful for it. Um I truly hope that everybody at some point can experience this place, like experience a class, experience something because it's like honestly the coolest job in the world. And sometimes I myself have to sit back and on the days I'm tired and things like that and be like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like I get to come into work and change people's lives and just be the light in their life that they need in their darkest moments. Like not many people can say that. That's some like really awesome stuff. And, um, yeah, so that's the Judy Bloom version of my Soul Cycle story. I'm sure I'm forgetting some of the details and some of the nitty gritty stories, but I think that is why this is not going to be the only episode of the podcast. So I hope that answers some questions for a lot of you that are always asking me, how did it happen? How did it all go down? This Soul Cycle thing. And there will be more of these in the future. I'm super pumped. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm scared. But if there's anything I've learned about being scared, you've got to lean into it more. <laughs> Even more vigorously. Vigorously leaning in. Um, and I'm going to learn as I go. I'm going to record an intro and I'll get everything all together and amazing and I'm just really excited for this next chapter I'm really trying to expand and grow and I want to bring each and every one of you along with me I always always say in class there is no me without you and I mean that so 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 much like everything I do from Instagram to class to panels to speaking engagements to whatever there is absolutely no me without you so Thank you for supporting me tenfold above and beyond as always. And we will forevermore end the podcast exactly like I end my class, which goes a little something like this. May you always be joyful, loving, and above all else, fearless.